This is section 109 of Mark Twain Speaking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Speech. Robert Fulton Monument Association Benefit. Carnegie Hall, New York, April 19, 1906. Read by John Greenman. I wish to deliver a historical address. I've been studying the history of... Uh, 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 let me see. Uh, pretending to be confused, he walked across the stage to consult General Grant in a stage whisper, then resumed. Oh, yes, yes. <clears throat> I've been studying Robert Fulton. I've been studying a biographical sketch of Robert Fulton, the inventor of, uh, uh, let's see, Oh, well, yes, uh, the inventor of the electric telegraph and uh, the Morse sewing machine. Also, uh, I understand he invented the air diarrhea. <laughs> I have it at last, the dirigible balloon. Yes, the dirigible, uh, but it is a difficult word. I don't see why anybody should marry a couple of words like that when they don't want to be married at all and are likely to quarrel with each other all the time. I should put that couple of words under the ban of the United States Supreme Court under its decision of a few days ago, and then take them out and drown them. I used to know Fulton— it used to do me good to see him dashing through the town on a wild bronco. And Fulton was born in, uh, uh, well, it doesn't make much difference where he was born, does it? I remember a man who came to interview me once to get a sketch of my life. I consulted with a friend, a practical man, before he came, to know how I should treat him. Whenever you give the interviewer a fact, he said, give him another fact that will contradict it. Then he'll go away with a jumble that he can't use at all. Be gentle, be sweet, smile like an idiot, just be natural. That's what my friend told me to do, and I did it. "'Where were you born?' asked the interviewer. "'Well,' uh, uh, I began, "'I was born in um, Alabama, or, or uh, Alaska, or, or uh, the Sandwich Islands. I, I don't know where, but right around there somewhere. And you'd better put it down before you forget it. But uh, you weren't born in all those places,' he said. "'Well, I've offered you three places. Take your choice. They're all at the same price. How old are you? he asked. I shall be nineteen in June, I said. Why, there's such a discrepancy between your age and your looks, he said. Oh, well, that's nothing, I said. I was born discrepantly. Then we got to talking about my brother Samuel, and he told me my explanations were confusing. I suppose he is dead, I said. Some said that he was dead, and 
some said that he wasn't did you bury him without knowing whether he was dead or not asked the reporter there was a mystery said i we were twins and one day when we were two weeks old that is he was one week old and i was one week old we got mixed up in the bathtub and one of us drowned we never could tell which one of us had a strawberry birthmark on the back of his hand there it is on my hand this is the one that was drowned there's no doubt about it where's the mystery he said why don't you see how stupid it was to bury the wrong twin i answered i didn't explain it any more because he said the explanation confused him to me it is perfectly plain uh, but to get back to fulton i'm going along like a an old man i used to know who used to start to tell a story about his grandfather he had an awfully retentive memory and he never finished the story because he switched off into something else he used to tell about how his grandfather one day went into a pasture where there was a ram the old man dropped a silver dime in the grass and stooped over to pick it up the ram was observing him and took the old man's action as an invitation just as he was going to finish about the ram this friend of mine would recall that his grandfather had a niece who had a glass eye she used to loan that glass eye to another lady friend who used it when she received company the eye didn't fit the friend's face and it was loose and whenever she winked it would turn over but then he got on the subject of accidents and he would tell a story about how he believed accidents never happened there was an irishman coming down a ladder with a hod of bricks he said and a dutchman was standing on the ground below the irishman fell on the dutchman and killed him accident never if the dutchman hadn't been there the irishman would have been killed why didn't the irishman fall on a dog which was next to the dutchman because the dog would have seen him coming then he'd get off from the dutchman to an uncle named reginald wilson reginald went into a carpet factory one day and got twisted into the machinery's belt he went excursioning around the factory until he was properly distributed and was woven into sixty-nine yards of the best three-ply carpet his wife bought the carpet and then she erected a monument to his memory it read sacred to the memory of sixty-nine yards of the best three-ply carpet containing the mortal remains of reginald wilson go thou and do likewise and so on he would ramble about telling the story of his grandfather until we never were told whether he found the ten-cent piece or whether something else happened at the close of the meeting mark twain said farewell and appealed for aid to stricken san francisco which had been shaken by the earthquake of april eighteenth 
and was still being ravaged by fire this is my last appearance on the paid platform i shall not retire from the gratis platform until i am buried and courtesy will compel me to keep still and not disturb the others now since i must i shall say good-bye i see many faces in this audience well known to me they are all my friends and i feel that those i don't know are my friends too i wish to consider that you represent the nation and that in saying good-bye to you i am saying good-bye to the nation in the great name of humanity let me say this final word i offer an appeal in behalf of that vast pathetic multitude of fathers mothers and helpless little children they were sheltered and happy two days ago now they are wandering forlorn hopeless and homeless the victims of a great disaster so i beg of you i beg of you to open your hearts and open your purses and remember san francisco the smitten city talking to newsmen afterward mark twain delivered a short impromptu on san francisco and the earthquakes i haven't been there since eighteen sixty eight and that great city of san francisco has grown up since my day when i was there she had a hundred and eighteen thousand people and of this number eighteen thousand were chinese i was a reporter on the virginia city enterprise in nevada in eighteen sixty two and stayed there i think about two years when i went to san francisco and got a job as a reporter on the call i was there three or four years i remember one day i was walking down third street in san francisco it was a sleepy dull sunday afternoon and no one was stirring suddenly as i looked up the street about three hundred yards the whole side of a house fell out the street was full of bricks and mortar at the same time i was knocked against the side of a house and stood there stunned for a moment i thought it was an earthquake nobody else had heard anything about it and no one said earthquake to me afterward but i saw it and i wrote it nobody else wrote it and the house i saw go into the street was the only house in the city that felt it i've always wondered if it wasn't a little performance gotten up for my special entertainment by the nether regions end of speech read by john greenman